tired of getting lost inside a darkened corner Glue my body to the walls until I can't move Add some OA to my skin, I'm not about to lose it Feel a tingle shooting through my fingers and my Blood is racing, head on backwards and I can't breathe Someone put their body on mine, feel my heart beat, beat I gave myself time Hello, this is Luke Martin and welcome back to Talking Dakota. Today's episode is going to be a little different from previous episodes in that it will not be a retrospective on the career of a musician who has passed away. Instead, for this episode, I sat down with singer-songwriter Malin Musgrove, known by her stage name, Malin, to talk about her latest single release, I Got Low. Malin is a singer-songwriter and pianist from Dallas, Texas. She grew up in a musical family and began writing her own material at age 12. At age 15, Malin attended Booker T. Washington High School for the Visual and Performing Arts, following alumni such as Nora Jones, Erica Badu, Roy Hargrove, and many more. In 2017, Malin, along with producers Bradley Precope and Josh Good, traveled to L.A. to record at 64 Sound Studios and create her first EP, Grounding. After the release of the EP, Malin gained traction throughout the Dallas area and throughout global radio stations. Her song, Just Take Time, was named number two of 2018 by My Soul Radio in London, while another song off the EP, Gave All My Love Away, trended in France. Her two singles, TFIL and Paralyzed, were recorded in the summer of 2018 and released in early 2019. Malin uses music as a creative outlet and as a way to understand herself and the world around her. Writing music has helped Malin throughout ongoing mental health struggles and given her a special sense of purpose. In my interview with Malin, we explore how the meanings of a song can change whether it's just been written or released on Spotify or even sung on stage at the Grammys. Malin and I look at Demi Lovato's 2020 performance of Anyone at the Grammys as an example of how an artist's career trajectory can be shaped by struggles with mental health, even as that trajectory inspires younger musicians like Malin. In addition to Malin's new single, I Got Low, she and I discussed her creative process, the challenges of representing depression through song, Malin's relationship to her co-writers and social media, and more. Hello, Malin. Uh, welcome to my podcast. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So today we're going to be talking about your latest release, which is your single, I Got Low, which is available on Spotify and all other streaming platforms everywhere. Uh, but to get us started, I wanted to ask first about your songwriting and creative process in general. I'm wondering what your process looks like and how you most like to create music. So 
This song, I actually wrote it a little differently because it was a beat, essentially, that my producer sent me, and I fell in love with it immediately, and I top-lined it. i pretty sure I wrote it in, like, a few hours because I was just, like, it was just something that really, like, flowed, and it just came to me, and I, like, the beat kind of just, it it was exactly what I was feeling, if that makes sense. Um, it just, like, matched with these words that I had in my head that I didn't really know were there. Um, and at the time, I think, I had just kind of come out of, like, uh, like just, like, a hard mental state. And so the song, if you listen to it, is about... Um, it's not about, like, romanticizing, like mental illness or depressive episodes or anything but it's more about like the ceiling for growth if you do experience those things you know it's about like coming out of those things and like not feeling hopeless but trying to see how much better you can become um with help and stuff but yeah <laughs> yeah so that i top line that um but usually I write with the piano and um, I just start kind of start like fiddling around until I feel find a chord progression that feels right. And then um, the melody just kind of flows from there. So this one was different. Yeah. And, and real quick, just in case any of our listeners out there don't know, can you quickly explain what top lining is for the, the general public? Right, right. <laughs> so top lining is instead of writing like harmony and melody and lyrics, this is when like someone will send you a track or they'll have a, like a chord progression and you write the melody and lyrics over that. Um, so, yeah, it was different. It, it's I think it's really cool. It's a good opportunity for songwriters because a lot of times we kind of have this like toolbox of chord progressions that like we feel really comfortable writing with. Um so hearing someone else's like harmony, it's just like it kind of opens a new world, and you're like, ah, oh, that's such a good idea. I didn't, like, I, you know, I wouldn't have been thought of that. Um, yeah. So I think it brought a really cool aspect to what I can do, um, on top of my producer. His name's Josh Good, and he's awesome. Hmm. Um, yeah, and you were talking about how this song sort of came about after like a, a particularly rough like mental episode, and that you said. In your words, you said the beat sort of just like matched the the words that you were feeling. Um, and I know for a lot of your previous singles as well, you your lyrics deal with self-improvement, whether it's in or out of the, the context of a relationship with someone else. So I'm wondering what your take is on whether or not lyrics can be a tool for actual self-improvement. And if you find that the process of writing lyrics is actually something that helps you uh, with your mental health, uh, regardless of like how popular a song is or what happens with, with the song. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think art in general is just a means of saying things that are kind of harder to say. Um, and for me, that outlet is writing music and writing lyrics. And since I was super young, the only way that I really knew how to deal with the world and like any emotions I was feeling was writing music and it on it like it saved me in a lot of ways when I was like 
12 or 14 and super angsty and just like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I doing here? Um, writing lyrics saved me. Um, and then when I started performing, I, I mean, I, when I started performing these songs, um, that I'd written that had helped me out of something or helped me understand a situation better, I realized that it's the means of connection and other people usually have experienced what you've experienced. I think feeling completely isolated and what you're feeling, it's, it's hard and I think music is a way of communicating that and making other people understand like, hey, you're not alone, you know, all of these people are relating. Um, and so I think talking about things like mental health or just like feeling sad or like, you know, kind of just like catastrophizing things when other people hear that, um, that also gave me purpose um, through helping other people f understand their feelings. One of the things I was curious about too, uh, and, you know, I think this would be a good time to sort of bring in uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which is the the Demi Lovato performance at the Grammys a couple years ago when she sang her song, Anyone. Um, I think it was 2020. It was live at the Grammys. Um, but something that you just said was sort of hinting at how the meaning of a song can change um, when it moves from like something that you write in your bedroom or that's on Spotify to it being performed live in front of people. Uh, and you said that you feel like that's a, that's like a, a means of, of connecting with people and sort of feeling less alone. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk about that, um, that experience that you have when you perform live sort of in conjunction with your reaction to that Demi Lovato performance where she's singing this really heavy song about like her own struggles with mental health and addiction and, and things like that. Um, yeah, like, what do you think performing live can do? And is there something about your experience performing live that made you connect with this particular live performance of hers uh, in such a strong way? Right. Um, so the song that we're referencing is basically the lyrics are something along the lines of, like, is there anyone who's listening to me? And I think it's a really interesting concept of, like, being a performer, singing to a room of, like, for me, like, what, 40 people, for her, like, millions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, being, like, no one's listening to me. When in reality, or, or kind of on the same token, like, I feel really alone. But, like, everyone's sitting there listening to everyone's, like, taking in your message or like um yeah and I think that was Demi's first performance since the overdose mm -hmm. um it was kind of there like hey I'm still here I'm still a powerhouse like don't count me out but also like it's hard <laughs> like it's hard being I think we can't a lot of us like can't understand that level of fame because you do have a platform, but at the same time, I think there's probably a lot of isolation and a lot of things that we can't understand without being in that spotlight. 
do you feel like do you feel like there's a certain amount of uh, like privilege that comes with that platform that needs to be acknowledged by the artist or um, or not so much? Do you feel like they can just like do what they need to do and they don't really have to address the fact that you know like in Demi Lovato's case, they're singing this song like you said in front of like you know thousands of people in the room, potentially millions of people watching from home or around the world. You know, whereas uh, most people never have that opportunity to work out, you know, such personal issues, personal issues on a public space. So how do you think like the like privilege plays into that? I think the privilege is like saying the things that others can't really say, you know, because like you're not going to walk around wherever and some person that you don't know isn't going to be like. I'm actually really suffering. Like, can someone help me? You know, <laughs> like people don't say that it's, it's artists responsibilities to do that. And artists with bigger platforms, it's their responsibility. I saw that video and I was like, damn, like, I get that because, you know, people can listen to like simple things that you ask, but when it comes to like, depression and like it's like no one either knows how to help you or no one like fully you feel like no one really understands like the depth of the feeling and I think for Demi the overdose was definitely like a cry for help you know Mm -hmm. and I think coming out of that that song I think the song was so meaningful to me because I don't know I've always like Demi has always been like one of my favorite vocalists I've I, you know, on Disney Channel, it's like no one can really sing, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Demi, but Demi can, and I thought that was awesome. And I also thought, like, you know, she's like a body image advocate. You know, she's like had the eating disorders. She's she's just been. Th- I've I've just re- I've admired them, um, and yeah. So that performance really like. I was like, I admire this person and they're sitting here saying that they're alone when even at that level of fame. And so I'm like, you know, we're all feeling it. Yeah. And I noticed just now when you were talking, one of the things that you sort of alluded to as well is that, you know, depression and, uh, you know, like similar mental health issues, they're so tricky because they, they don't really fit into like, like neat boxes or like, they're not like, a neat package like they you know they often impact you in unexpected ways so i'm wondering about your process as a songwriter when you're dealing with you know issues like depression or anxiety or anything else as you often have in previous songs of yours what compromises do you have to make when you're you're dealing with such a complex thing in in only like three or four minutes like a three to four minute pop song how does how do you filter such a complex issue through your songwriting process? And do you feel like it's possible to represent yourself honestly within the constraints of songwriting? I think there is. And I think, like, you use the word filter. For me, like, there's not a filter. Um, I... I'm sitting there, especially in the beginning when I first started writing music, like, it wasn't for anyone else. It was for me. It was for me to heal and me to state my experience. And I think 
putting it in something like a song that is like a little more concrete than a feeling um it separates you from from the emotion a little bit or it, you're able to look at it or listen to what you created and be like all right that's a little bit of weight lifted off of me um yeah i i don't think that i think just honesty is is i i don't think there should be a filter um the only thing that i feel like i've ever been like filtering is my parents used to come to all of my shows when I lived in Dallas and like I would always feel so strange like for a while you know they didn't really understand like what I was experiencing um you know like depression when it was like a 13 year old it's like huh <laughs> like yeah, we weren't, yeah, yeah we're not equipped for that um <laughs> So I'd be, like, singing for a room of people, and my parents are sitting front row, and I'm basically, like, somebody save me. <laughs> like, I'm, like, drowning. <laughs> and my parents are sitting there, like, oh, she's so good, you know? But I'm, like, are you listening to me? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. So I feel like I would kind of, like, filter the things and literally knowing that, like, you, you know, parents are always, like, it makes them sad when you feel sadder for the most part. Luckily, my parents are incredibly supportive and... Um, I'm so lucky to have them, but at the same time, I, I do sometimes filter myself because I know they're there. <laughs> I don't want to hurt them. <laughs> well, I think that's a really interesting sort of dynamic. And that's something that I've definitely noticed as well is I feel like there is an expectation, you know, that even if an artist is singing uh, singing or talking about, you know, like a pa pain that they feel or something really hard that they're going through because it's packaged as like music or like an entertainment product, there's, you know, some people take that as like, oh, like, wow, look at how like talented they are. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you said, like, I'm, I'm trying to like communicate to you that I'm like really suffering here. And it's like, oh, yay, look at them. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually like, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I was just curious, like, if, you know, like, if you've noticed that dynamic in like other contexts too, or like, you know, sort of how the, how the, you know, the more like commercial side of things like the fact that this is a career and that like artists need to make money but they're you know like they're dealing with things that are so personal like you know how does that like affect you know their their performance and like their relationship with audiences i think what you're, you're kind of alluding to right now is like essentially branding <laughs> yeah brand, yeah that would be the word <laughs> or like mark marketing yourself which is like honestly something that i'm struggling with as an artist because it's like the more you focus on like the branding the market the business the less time or energy you have to be creative and especially as an independent artist it's really tough because like you know that branding is what reaches the audience and then like branding is what makes them see you and if you have a meaningful message then they'll bite um so yeah it's 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 tough mixing the like pretty with the like raw do you feel you know when you're when you're writing music that deals with you know such personal issues do you feel like is there a heightened sense of like disappointment 
or rejection like if you know if you like put a song out there and it's like maybe not received as well as you want like how do you sort of cope with you know separating like the product from the issue that you're going through and sort of like distancing yourself from your work like just enough that it's not so like personally disappointing if things don't like work out the way you might want them to yeah I mean it's something I'm definitely still working on um there's a lot of like being an independent artist there's a lot of times that you're gonna feel like you're failing before something good happens um and it's definitely hard like putting your emotions out there and not having them like something so raw and honest that you feel like is very meaningful and like literally came from the deepest part of you and then it's like nobody cares <laughs> and you're like oh cool 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 <laughs> um <laughs> but I think that you know it I'm I'm trying to turn that around and and you know if it doesn't reach people it's like going back to that initial place where I'm like, how did this heal me? How is this going to help me continue to follow my dream? Like how, like this one wasn't it. I, you know, you kind of think like, why not? Like, what was the thing? And it, and it could be something as simple as, you know, it's a, if it's a video, it's like, how was the quality? You know, it's like, Oh, I didn't right. present it. I didn't present it in the best way. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's rarely like, if you have a big enough platform, even if you're bad, like someone's going to be like, oh, they're so good. It's <laughs> <laughs> what I've realized. So it's, it's literally just like, it's punching through the noise. It's like, I, I know that at this point, like I've had enough comments of people saying like, not like, you know, I get like, oh, your voice is really pretty. And I'm like, oh yeah, thank you. Like that's, mm. thank you. You know, yeah. makes me feel good. Makes me feel good. Thank you. Like, yeah. working on it. <laughs> yeah. But, but the comments that mean the most are like, hey, like, this is helping me. Like, this is exactly what I'm feeling right now. Like, you nailed it. Like, this. Or, or even, like, this makes me feel calm. Or, like, this makes me feel something, like, very cozy or warm. Like, you know, like, comments like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you made me feel a feeling or, oh, you're making me understand, like, you're making me feel less alone. Those are the comments that I'm like, okay, I'm doing something right. Um, and truly, if only, like, one person says that to me, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting, yeah, it's definitely a weird head thing, head battle for me personally, but... Have there been times where you feel like you've had to change your message or like put a happy face on what you're doing to try to reach more people? Like in that process of just trying to get your work out there and like noticed, um, have have you ever like, you know, compromised your message or, or do you just, have you been able to be consistent about like who you are and what you want to do? What's really nice for me is that like, I've always kind of, like it's been clear for me why I was creating and I think like a lot of like for me punching through the noise is like the rawness and the honesty and like the authenticity um and those are like I I know it's working in a sense because like other people have been like oh like you're very I can tell like 
this is very authentic to you or like you know so luckily I haven't been able to or I haven't had to compromise that I think but also you know like Instagram like <laughs> social media you know people aren't always ready to be like oh you're like that's you know that's tough like oh mental illness you're experiencing it um yeah but there have been like a few times in my career so far where I've like kind of had the option of like be famous be a pop princess but like you have no control or like stay independent write about what means something to you can you think of like a specific example of like coming to that crossroads like whether it's the process of writing a song or meeting a particular person is there any like particular juncture that comes to mind yeah. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> there was a few years ago. Um, <laughs> like, oh, I, I have the story. Um, a few years ago, I was like flown to LA to meet with this producer. And he was like, he sent me, I top lined some tracks. And I knew like, I was like, these aren't really my style. But like, why not? It's an opportunity. Like, let's see what happens. Um, so I, like, co-written these songs, um, with another girl, and we're in the studio, we're recording, um, we, after we finished, it was kind of like an EP, um, and it was great, great experience, like, singing, it was in, like, a really nice studio, like, incredible, but, um, we get to he has all these contacts at labels and so we're at like VP A&R of like freaking Capital and then Sony and like we're literally like in the room wow um and a lot of them are saying like you know like oh like get famous on TikTok and like we'll call you or whatever and then there is a guy at Universal who was interested and you know I just like didn't feel great the producer um he I just didn't really feel like he was listening to me like what I wanted and who I was um, and I was like, all right, this is, this was interesting. It was a lot to handle. And I was like, it's like, I'm going, I'm going to go home. Um, because it was not like a, you know, it was never like a, oh, like here's a contract, which I, you know, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I was like, cool experience. All right. And I'm like leaving and the producer calls me and he's like, oh, this guy at Interscope, like wants you, like, here's what we're going to do. Like, you're gonna we're gonna get Cardi B's choreographer for this music video and I'm gonna get Kimia Cabello's like co-star in her music video for this and you're gonna like we're doing this one song that like the song was just not me it was literally like a Latin pop song and I'm like first of all I'm not Latina second of all like this is not my vibe <laughs> like you know it was like about like a, like dancing in the club and like stuff like that oh and, yeah like, yeah yeah and, like, you know, it, he didn't, like, give me an option to be, like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be, like, boobs out, like, dancing with, like, some random man. Like, that's right. not the point. <laughs> like, I'm not here. <laughs> I'm not here to just be famous. Like, that's never really been the goal. Um, so I was, like, okay, okay. And then I called my dad and I was, like, how do I saying like how do I leave <laughs> like he didn't give me an option to say no yeah um and so my dad helped me out just especially with like men in the music industry I'm really grateful for my dad because if I ever feel uncomfortable or like I'm being pushed into something I can just kind of like loop him in he's also a lawyer so he'll, he'll just be like law law and law 
I'm so yeah so luckily I you know I went home and I was like cool cool time like learned a lot yeah you know I it, it just kind of solidified really who I was and what I was doing and my boundaries and like what the reason is like I wouldn't that would just like take away the purpose like I don't care like sure yeah so well yeah sort of taking that and like continuing with you know like sort of this idea of like filters that we've talked about a little bit so far can you maybe contrast that experience with the times where you've worked with other people and you've really enjoyed it and like it's gone well and you feel like the the end product has better represented who you are uh, like, for example, I know your last release before I Got Low was Trophy Shelf, and that was a co-write with uh, with several other people, right? Yeah. Yeah, so can you maybe contrast sort of, like, the experience of, like, doing that where it was, like, you know, from at least from the outside, from my perspective, it was, it was you know, bringing in multiple people, co-writing, but achieving something that was vastly different from your time in LA in that it actually represented what you wanted to do as an artist. How was that process like? Right. So, you know, along with experiencing, like, it's interesting because we're talking about this filter. So trophy, why is it okay? (laughs) (laughs) I was like trophy self. (laughs) So (laughs) trophy. Trophy shelf. (laughs) 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 So, trophy shelf is, like, not a song about, like, experiencing hardships mentally. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's, like, more about, like, this relation, a relationship that, um, I don't know, just, like, a tricky one. And it's, like, kind of just about, like, hooking up, but there's, like, more underneath, um... And, you know, on top of, like, feeling feeling things, I also, like, am a musician. And there is, like, my favorite kind of music. You know, like, I'm lo- I love, like, soul and, like, lo-fi, R&B, kind of, like, indie pop. Like, any anything in that kind of vein of things. Um, yeah, I mean, I loved writing with all those people. They're all, like in the same kind of vein and the same kind of genre that I am. Um, Lots of cool ideas. As a songwriter, it was just very fun, again, to, like, hear other people's ideas, like, hear some melodies or some, like, harmonic stuff that I would never think of. And the producer, Fievel, like, I can never do what he does. He makes, like, the most lush, like, I don't know. I, I just love all this sounds and synths he has I think they're like I don't know they I love them so I was really excited about that song and it's one I think that's like it's not as heavy I was actually doing this other interview with the radio host um and he was like all your songs are like pretty intense (laughs) and I was like well sorry (laughs) um but this one is like less intense you know like if you are looking for that you know vibe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the vibey song like that's the one you know there you go yeah um, anybody who's listening if you don't want intensity just listen <laughs> to trophy right. shelf instead of mm-hmm. i got low there's something in the catalog for everybody you know <laughs> truly absolutely <laughs> yeah so i think it's like you know not every song has to be 
about something that's hard. And I think, like, it's something, honestly, I've struggled with because, like, <laughs> my parents would always be like, write a happy song, Malen. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, screw you. Like, I'm sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was just a fun song to write. Like, there are... I think it's important to document, like, like for me, that was a real situation. Like, Trophy Shelf, like, was a situation I was in, mm-hmm. um, lyrically. And I kind of came to Melanie, Melanie Joe with this, like, lyric concept. Or just, like, this situation, pretty much. And I was like, I want to write about this. And she was like, that's awesome. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, like, along with, like, I'm not just my mental illness, you know, and I love connecting people and making them feel less alone, but at the same time, it's, like, there are other aspects of life. There are, like, good moments and, like, fun, weird, like, romantic situations and, like, you know, like, I don't know. I want to write music that just kind of, like, creates me. Like, I want through like listening to my catalog it's like oh these are the pieces of Malin and I think that's a piece of me and I got loads of piece of me um yeah so do you feel like like writing with other people and sort of you know writing with Melanie and Fival and everyone else involved do you feel like you had to sort of like distill or water down like what you were going through or do you feel more like it just brought out like a different part of your experience yeah, I think it's a very honest, like, lyrically, like, it's pretty much exactly what was happening. Um, and we, like, said it in a cute way, you know, but that's because we're, like, lyricists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I don't think it's watered down at all. I think, you know, at that moment, like, I was feeling, I was feeling that. That's what I was going through. Um, yeah, so... I think there's just, like, so many different facets in music, and as a writer and as an artist, you're trying to portray yourself, um, and I think that's just another way. F- uh, yeah, I don't think it was watered down, and I don't think it was filtered. I think mm-hmm. it was just, like, another aspect of life. You know, thinking about, you know, your latest release, again, I Got Low, uh, one thing that I really enjoyed about this release is that you also had an animated video that went along with the song, which you didn't have on... Uh, I think this was the first time that you did this, right? That you haven't done this on any other releases, right? Yeah, I had a music video like with me as a human person, um, which is always like panicky. <laughs> um, yeah, I well, I had I have like a I released a song I think in 2018, 2019 and I had like an animated lyric video that goes along with that. Okay. Um, but this was like purely like animation, like no lyrics, like Okay. It was, yeah, and yeah. what did what did that add to the song? Do you think? Oh my god! That when I first saw the music video, this girl Gabby, um, she like wow! I literally was like, I saw it and like I was in tears because like we had a few conversations about like I think she got she got the song immediately. She understood. Um, I didn't even have to tell. Like, there's certain things like. I don't know, I f- like, the darkness of the room and, like, the isolation and, like, there was also a lot of, like, kind of abstract objects in it and even, like, the moon and, like, space things and, like, I'm obsessed with the moon. Like, there are things that she just, like, like, I didn't even, t- I didn't even tell her that and there was, like, a giant moon, like, in the video and I'm, like, ugh, you, like, read me. <laughs> like, you knew. 
I, I think the, it's amazing. I think what she created is a work of art alone. And with my art combined, it's just like, it's, I, I think it's, it's really powerful to me and I hope it's powerful for others because I, I'm just like honored to be a part of something so beautiful. <laughs> it's, I think it's incredible. Something else I wanted to ask about is sort of more explicitly your relationship to your audience and how you feel that's different from your relationship to you know like the the co-writers that you've already talked about like other musicians and producers that you've worked with you know because like you've been saying this whole time you know your music is a very deliberate and honest representation of you know struggles that you've gone through and like you know many different sides of your personal life um so i'm curious how that shapes your relationship to the audience specifically and not just the people you know like myself who know you as a person first and who would consider you a friend first before like this musician who we really like right right yeah it's very interesting because um I think part of the thing as an artist is like self-doubt and feeling like you're not good enough and like pretty much every day I struggle with that idea and I think one of the toughest things is that, like, you know, you get these messages and you see these numbers. Like, you see, like, like on Spotify for Artists, it literally says, like, five people listening right now. Or, like, you know, and it's just, like, what does that mean? Like, I can't even <laughs> perceive, like, I can't even perceive that there's an actual person somewhere on this planet, like, sitting there. I'm, like, are you, like, in the car? You know, I'm just, like are you real? <laughs> like, and I, and I hate, like, it's like, it's a number. And unless you're performing live, like it, it's like, you're a DM, you're a number. And it's so hard to perceive. It's, it's like this kind of like imposter syndrome where you get these messages, but you're like, it, it doesn't feel like that. Like it, mm. you know, the messages will like impact you for a second, but then you go back to like, Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. So it's just like, it's tough, and I appreciate some some comments I get are, like, very, very raw and honest, and I think that's amazing. I, I appreciate that people feel like they can be, like, raw and honest with me. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think it's the messages, like, that, you know, you touched me or, like, you made me feel something. And I try to engage with people that reach out to me as much as possible. But, yeah, right, especially with the pandemic and everything, like, not performing, like, it's just it's so tough to see a number and be like, I did something correct. Like <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And what's, what's your relationship with, with social media, like sort of in that same vein, because, you know, like you said, with the pandemic, it's like, you know, so many artists had to like completely like, you know, rebrand themselves, like retool what they were doing so that it, everything would fit online and that, you know, everything would be, like, filtered through, like, a computer. Like, it, you know, people would perform, but it would be, like, a live stream from their house and, like, you know, like, yeah. every, like everything, you know, the pandemic just, like, completely changed everything, like, performance-wise. Um, and yeah. I'm, yeah, so how does that, like, how did that affect you and, like, specifically with social media? Like, how do you sort of navigate, you know, all the shifts that have happened just in the last year or two? I you just like flying by the seat of my pants is that the phrase I don't know social media is like 
constantly shifting and changing and there was like TikTok and now there's Instagram Reels and Instagram is like changing their freaking shit every day. I don't know if I can cuss. They, go for, Instagram go for is changing. Oh, they're changing their shit every day. And yeah. for me, especially recently, like my engagement just like dropped <laughs> a lot. And I was like, what did I do wrong? Like, it's like, it's literally the algorithm being like, no, like they don't want that. <laughs> I'm like, what am I, I'm like, what do they want then? I, I just, it's like, and the algorithm, it's honestly something that's like impacted me more than I would like it to just like, because social media was a means of engagement and it's like it's a little more personal than just like a number on a streaming service you know um that was a way like the comments and the dms like that was like oh you're a person like i can look at your profile i can see like what you're into cool like you are a human being with this you know with a soul and a number is like i have no idea like are you a robot you know (laughs) like you could be a robot um (laughs) Yeah, no, social media sucks. (laughs) It's awful. And I think on social media, I do try to be as honest as possible. Um, But at the same time, it's like, oh, you got to be aesthetically pleasing. Like, that's what they, you know. And so it's just like trying to find this mix of like honesty and aesthetics. You need the aesthetics to reach people. You need the honesty to connect because that's kind of like my brand. So it's just like, it's honestly a full time job. Like. Yeah. Trying to create content and, like, you know, that looks good. Uh, right now, like, the room that I'm in, I, I just moved to New York and I'm subletting. And, of course, I'm in a shoebox because it's New York. And, like, I even try to find, like, lighting to, like, film, like, a little, like, Instagram video. I'm like, this, you know, my walls are ugly. Like, ah, shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do I make this look cute? Um <laughs> Yeah, a lot of times on social media, like, people don't want honesty, and it's, it's the people that do that I want to engage with, or it's, like, if you're if you're on Instagram, you're, you're kind of there to, like, disassociate, so I think it has to be, like, you have to see something honest at the right moment for it to impact you, and, yeah, social media just sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful, but it's also such a good tool, you know? Like, without it, without it, like, so many artists would not exist today. That's true. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, something else, yeah, something else I was, I was curious about is I'm going to take a hard left turn here, but, um. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, no, but, uh, I, I guess, you know, just thinking sort of about, you know, like, the, you know, like you were talking about, like there's there's a pressure there to like create content that like fits a certain way or that looks a certain way. Um, you know, and I'm I'm a drummer myself, so like one thing I noticed about I Got Low was that like form wise, thinking about the song form, it's very unusual for a pop song or like a like a singer songwriter right, like, right. piece. Like it's not it's not what you'd expect. It's not like you know verse, pre-chorus, chorus verse pre-chorus chorus bridge down chorus uh, you know and i thought that was really cool so you know can you sort of sort of talk about like what what led you to sort of the song you know taking that shape you know you you were talking at the very beginning about like working with this producer yeah like how how did how did that sort of come to be in the shape that it was so he kind of like 
I can actually send you send send to you what I can send you like the original um, MP3 that I was working with. Of course, like he took it and we like added he added all of the things. You know what I mean? And all these like fun vocal things. But I have this like raw like just like the beat. Basically, he sent me this beat and I like sliced it up. Like I sliced it. I moved like different sections to different places purely because like that was the way that it flowed for me like I don't even remember really thinking that hard about it like I was just like these are my words like and then as the song kept going I was like I feel more intense like there has to be this kind of like moment of like a lot of intensity and then a release um and I also wanted it to be like when I was writing it I was honestly thinking a lot of like kind of more like spoken word rappers um like no name or like more poetic rappers when I was thinking of it because I love I think I, I listen to like soft rap I, I the hard stuff it like I'm I'm too soft like my my heart can't take it <laughs> my heart can't take <laughs> the aggression um but I think something that's beautiful about rappers like Saba and no name is like they're saying so much in a melodic way. It's like you can put so many words in, whereas like a pop song, it's usually like short phrase, shorter phrase, short phrase, short phrase. So like lyrically, I was kind of thinking of it as like a rap, although I cannot rap. So I like wrote a melody to like all of these words. So it's kind of like, uh, just like brain, like this is that. <laughs> <laughs> like I just kind of like I it was like word vomit <laughs> yeah but that was the, that was kind of the intention or like what what I thought worked with it and so yeah I just sliced it up a bunch and then of course I wanted like this more melodic I mean something that's interesting I don't even really know why I did this but um I guess what you could call kind of like the chorus or like the hook or like even like a pre-chorus that where it says I gave myself time to um, I don't actually say the word like grow or low, which is kind of like the end of the phrase. I don't say that until like the very end of the song. And I honestly don't even know why I did that except for just that like that's what it felt like. That's what the song needed for me. And I think everything on that song, like that's just what it needed. It's funny because I, I was just listening to the song like right before we started recording. And I actually that was actually something I noticed, like when, when it gets to that part of the song, it was like you start singing that line and you like never finish it. And then I was like, oh, but my brain like knows where this is going. So like we can. Right. Yeah. Like that was something I thought was really cool. I was like, oh, we don't even need to like take the five seconds to be like time to grow and then move on. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, the whole time it's just time to. I got. <laughs> like time to what what did you get and I and again it, it it wasn't like something where I was like oh it'd be cool if I you know I it just like sometimes it just flows and that's the best feeling like when you're not even thinking that hard it's just like these words come out um melodies come out <clears throat> like a I don't know all the harmonies and stuff I just started like singing like towards the end there's like 16 vocal tracks like all in different harmonies kind of doing this like background thing while I'm like singing I'm like riffing um 
and like I just like wanted to do it you know like it was literally it was just what felt right and I was like yeah I, I can't even explain it I just like cut up the song and I had it in my head I heard the beat and suddenly I was like this is a song and I at first I said it to my producer and he was like interesting because I think he was like what are you doing like, <laughs> like that you know like he was like oh that's what you heard like, <laughs> like and I was like yeah and then the more they started like we started working on it and it started like kind of coming into sh its shape and its form and it's like the peaks were what they needed to be um he was like okay I get it like I, I get it and this is awesome and I'm excited and I was like cool one more thing I was curious about is like given all of all of those like factors and all of the contexts within which like you know music making happens do you feel like songs can change over time like their meanings can change over time um whether it's your own work or you know like that Demi Lovato performance or whoever do you feel like you know like a sad song over time can become like happy or like hopeful or or joyful yeah how do how do songs sort of evolve over time for you as they get played in other other contexts yeah definitely i think that um and honestly it's hard to say for myself because once once the song's kind of out in the world i feel really like detached from it which is something i'm kind of working on because like when i perform songs that are like not new it's hard to kind of like get back into that place I guess like songs that I have that are like four or five years old I'm like how did I you know um I, det I detach from them because like it's not mine anymore like once it's like out and once people are consuming it it's like this is yours like you know um but I can say like other music that I listen to I think sometimes you know it's like after a breakup you can listen to a song and they're like, oh, this is perfect for me. Like, this is sad and awful. And then you can listen to it, like, a few weeks later when you're feeling a bit better. And you're like, oh, it's this is hopeful. Like, I, I hear, like, a hint of hope in this. And this makes me feel hopeful. And then, you know, like, two years pass and you listen to it. And it just, like, gives you a nostalgic feeling. You know, it's like, oh, I was young. Like, this song makes me, like, put myself back into that part of life that experience I had whether it's a good feeling or a bad feeling like I think songs can function as a lot of different things whether it's like nostalgia emotions like a he like a path to healing you know sometimes songs you use them almost as like tools to heal and then like kind of once you're out of that place you're like I don't really need that song right now <laughs> um you know it can mean something to you it can mean everything to you in like a certain day and then you listen to it a year later and you're like I don't really need this like it's not it's not the mood it's not where I'm at um so yeah I think and there's also always like the first time you hear a song like the initial impact of it um nothing is like that like nothing is like the first time you hear something that you just like feels incredible so I think emotionally just like our mind and like the body response even like sometimes you can listen to a song and get chills you'll listen to the same performance you don't get chills anymore it's like I think yeah music 
it, it all depends on just like the mindset of the listener um and since we're like beings and we're always changing it's like the music's gonna change our, our reception of it is gonna shift as well yeah no it's funny that you say that because i was i was talking to somebody like just like a week ago or whatever um and somehow we wound up talking about phoebe bridgers and this person i was talking to was like yeah you know i don't really like phoebe bridgers all that much and like i'm just remembering this because you're talking about like nothing's like the first time you hear a song and i Mm -hmm. so vividly remember the first time i heard the song motion sickness like that just happened (laughs) like that just happened to be yeah like it just that just happened to be like one of those songs that the first time i heard it i was like wow like i this is yeah this is really cool so yeah it's just funny that you said that (laughs) no exactly i think they say like there's moments where i'm like phoebe bridgers is dope and then there's other moments where i'm like i can't do this right now well (laughs) yeah and and, yeah i think that's why i was thinking about it too is because like if i listen to phoebe bridgers today i you know like i'm not like super into her like i like her stuff but it's not like yeah you know but i but for some reason like the first time i heard motion sickness i was like holy shit this is great no the lyrics are incredible it, no totally i yeah i think it, it's it's just like what chemicals are like floating around in our brain in that moment and if it's the correct chemicals and like that music like tickles you you know if you for, <laughs> if you forgot your to, brain if you forgot to take your ssri for the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you didn't take your didn't take your lexapro you're like your mm. happy pills you're <laughs> You're like, hmm, something's hitting today. Let's listen to Phoebe. <laughs> Damn. Oh, no. Um, well, well, there you go. Yeah. I. So I <laughs> <laughs> So I, I know that you just moved to New York, like you were saying earlier. Uh, so last thing I'm wondering is, you know, where do you see yourself, you know, in the next year, the next five years, if, if you're thinking that far ahead, like, for you as an artist and as a person, like what's what's next on the horizon? What do you see coming down the pike for you? Um, I'm, you know, I've I've been talking to a lot of people about this recently because like obviously it's yeah. like not not to I'm kind of not to be one of those people who's like you have a plan, right? <laughs> what do you you know <laughs> I hate it when people <laughs> ask me that. <laughs> no, I know, it's stressful. And especially like I like just graduated college, like this is kind of the point where it's like all right, what now, you know? Um, But, like, I literally, like, there is, like, since I was young, when I was talking about this earlier, like, the fact that, like, music saved me, like, it gave me a purpose. And, like, there's literally nothing else that I think I, like, it's just there's no plan B for me. So, like, music is what's happening and now it's up to me to like find a way to create a life like financially um by in this field (laughs) and it's like this this life is not for the faint of heart like it is again like every day it's like self-doubt every day it's like am I you know am I good enough to to do this it's like like, it takes a toll, like, putting yourself out there repeatedly, and, like, sometimes it's received well, sometimes it's not, it's, like, you never know. Um, I'm, I'm someone who's also very hard on myself, and it's something that I'm working on, but, like, if a performance goes, like, slightly, 
if it's just like if it's if it's not what I think I can do man I will beat myself up until like like for too long and you know I I I'm working on like being more resilient um because like I know this is what I have to do and to do this like I have to grow thicker skin because it's just like it's not easy and it sounds really cute like oh you're an artist like you're a musician like what an easy life like I work a nine to five and it's like yeah that sucks like you know capitalism she sucks (laughs) but at the same time it's like we don't like her but like at the same time it's like people don't really understand until you're in that position like what an emotional toll it's like every day it's like I have to be self-motivated but it's also I'm dealing with mental health all of my mental health um (laughs) all of it all of it and plus doubt and plus like what do I do next I just released a single like there was like kind of like a high from that what now and for me I like one song that I put out when I was like 19 it's like it just did better than any like I it just did better than I ever imagined um like streaming wise and for me now it's like will anything like will I ever be able to like top that it's like I did that when I was 19 it's like is that it? Like, was that it? <laughs> was that the moment? You know? So it's just like, I'm just going to keep going. I just moved to New York. I'm playing shows. I'm actually playing a show in Philly um, on right. Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just like, for any artists out there that happens to be listening, like, I get you. It's, it's a time. I'm rooting for you. Um, but yeah, I think just like not not giving up trying to find the kind of like ways to get yourself out of the doubt um yeah so in five years I can't really say where I'll be but I'll definitely be creating um hopefully I will not be homeless that is that's the goal yeah (laughs) yeah one of one of the goals for sure one of one of the goals (laughs) um yeah so well, I mean, knowing you, I, I feel like I feel confident saying that I'm sure you're going to have more moments beyond 19 year old Malin's uh, <laughs> streaming or whatever, you know, so. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate but, it. Yeah. <laughs> it means a lot. It means a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Malin, thank you for, for doing this interview. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It, it's always fun. Be sure to check out I Got Low and all of Malin's work on streaming platforms everywhere. For Talking Dakota, this is Luke Martin. See you next time. I